This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by Pixels.com. you got to make those images look great. If you want them to pop, you want them to represent your products, this is a retouching service to make your images look great. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz and my guest today is Tom Cronin. He is the co-creator of the Portal Movie and Book and is leading a global movement to inspire 1 billion people to meditate daily. He's on the road right now touring with the film on his way to Taos, New Mexico as we record this. So Tom, thanks for joining me. It's great to be here. Sorry about if there's any background noise, but we're, uh, we're moving from city to city taking the film on the road. So, so you're background was not meditation. You had another career uh, that you spent a great deal of time in. And I wonder if you could kind of lead us up to, you know, what brought you on this path um, in your past? Yeah, I spent all up. It was a 26-year career in finance on a trading room floor. So we were trading swaps and bonds on international finance markets. So if anyone's seen the film Wolf of Wall Street, just imagine that trading room floor that they depicted very, very well in the late 80s. I started my career in the same year as Jordan Belfort, actually, 1987. And, you know, it was, a, it was a fun, furious, fast, hectic time. And it wasn't what I was kind of prepared for or expecting, but it was one of the things that I just sort of slipped into. And so I spent, end up 26 years in that career. But the first few years of that, I very much sort of fell into the lifestyle that was late 80s, early 90s. And that was, you know, a lot of drugs drinking partying and working really really hard so that combined and combined and escalated into showing up a lot of sort of stress symptoms in my body and um, that's what led me to eventually meditation because it got so extreme that I had to find another alternative to what I was doing at that particular point in time and that was about sort of 10 years into my career that I learned to meditate and that was the sort of the shift that started to happen. So you didn't necessarily just chuck what you were doing. You just changed your lifestyle. Yeah, and I think that's an important thing for anyone that's listening in business or entrepreneurs that, um, you know, it wasn't the job that was the problem. It was the way I was relating to the job, the way I was behaving in the job, the way I was thinking about the job, and that was the variable. So I had, you know, 10 years, uh, I had a very extreme stress response to the job. And that's where symptoms show up. And if you think of symptoms, I like the analogy to a red light on the dashboard. And that red light is really just a signal that there's a problem under the dashboard, under the sorry, under the bonnet that you need to look at. And that's what was happening to me. I was getting all these symptoms, but I was ignoring them. And um, once I started to, you know, change my lifestyle habits and started to um, learn to meditate and bring meditation into as a part of my day then things really picked up in a big way and my life started to become calmer, smoother, more fluid and I just got better in my job and so I sustained another 16 years in that job without having any as many of those stress responses. So let's talk a little bit about uh, the Portal movie and book but I guess maybe the first step is what is the Portal? Why is that the name? Yeah, the Portal is, it represents a couple of things. Firstly, it represents that for me, that personal experience that um, that I have when I'm going into stillness into meditation and it's that experience of moving away from thinking and feeling and moving away from the forms of the world and moving away from the future and the past and then going into um, this stillness and silence and then the portal also represents on a macro level you know what does it look like for humanity in our way forward as we sort of step into this new space that's a possibility for us to go forward. And, um, you know, what's on the other side of that? 
So one of the things that you you propose is that meditation is one of the keys to maybe changing the trajectory of the world. Um, I don't think we probably have to go into what you know what wrong trajectory it might be on. Um, so you know how do you how do you profess that that is the solution? Well, you know, in the film, we sort of Mikey Siegel sort of discusses how most of the the, the world's problems are created by humans, and if 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 it's a state of mind that's creating the problem. Um, then it's the state of mind that can solve the problem. But the thing is, we can't solve the problems of the world with the same state of mind that's creating the problems. And, you know, what I saw, what changed significantly in my life as I was just continually doing the same thing over and over again, um, nothing really significantly changed until I started until I started to get out of that program that I was in, that sort of indoctrination, but also my own program and my own belief systems, and get into this a clearer state of just awareness without the, the the conditioned thinking and then what happened was i started to be able to watch my actions or watch my thoughts and then have a very different set of ideals about the life i wanted to live and the life i could live and i see this and we see this happen in the film as well all these stories six stories that had really diverse backgrounds but very challenging experiences in their life and this ability through the use of meditation to be able to shift the trajectory of their path of life and start to create something that was new and more profound and more, I guess, progressive and more harmonious. And if we multiply that into 100,000, a million, a billion and 7 billion, then we start to see a significant change on the planet. And I think where I come from with the inspiration for the film and the project is to start to have our shift in states of mind, our level of awareness, our sense of um, interconnectedness not just with other humans but also with nature itself and then what happens is a very significant shift will start to prevail i think on the planet how much again those are all very practical as far as i'm concerned but sometimes people need something more <laughs> tangible how much connection between mind and body in other words um how, how much of a role do you feel meditation can play in some of the physical ailments that many people are you know, fighting with nothing but drugs today. Yeah, it's it's the it's ground zero. It's the basis for for change. I think on a physiological and bio, biochemical level, and that's a result of the body. For me, particularly, this was the state it was in, and for most people on the planet currently, I reckon, which is this state of fight, flight, or sympathetic nervous system state, and it's a system within the nervous system or a system within the body that is a defense mechanism to protect us from dangerous situations. And you know, we think it's normal to be on our phones and to be you know, using technology as much as we do, driving through lots of traffic and lots of meetings and lots of you know, busy sort of lifestyle. But if you look at our you know, history over thousands and hundreds of thousands of years, you know, what we're doing in the last 10 years or 20 years is just exponentially overwhelming for our nervous system. And so what's happening is we're in this sort of constant state of fight flight. Now when we're in fight flight, what happens is our brain starts contracting in the frontal region of the of the the brain, which is the sort of the the CEO type sort of region of the brain. Our biochemistry starts changing where we're we're shifting um, a lot of cortisol, adrenaline or epinephrine into our blood and we're reducing the production of melatonin, oxytocin and serotonin, which are biochemicals that help us sleep, feel happy and and feel love. Um, because we're in this sort of fight flight, you know, about to go to battle or run from a saber to tiger. And so there's no levels of compassion and empathy and love and no ability to sleep well. And so all these symptoms are sort of arising from a society that's overwhelmingly stressed or in a stress response. 
Um, you know, we start storing fat cells because we might be on the run for days. We're getting a lot of obesity. We start coagulating our blood because we don't want it gushing out if we get stabbed, which is leading to heart disease. Uh, you know, we start converting high blood sugar levels because we might have to run from this saber-toothed tiger, which is why we're getting a lot of diabetes. You know, all this is just an anomaly. It's simply a result of many people's bodies being in sympathetic nervous system state. Now, the beautiful thing is what meditation does is it shifts the body out of that state very quickly and into parasympathetic nervous system state. And think of parasympathetic P for peace, which is the restorative state that the body goes into when it feels safe and secure and there's a calmness that prevails. And all of those anomalies of the sympathetic nervous system state just suddenly reverse themselves. We start producing melatonin, oxytocin, serotonin. The brain starts functioning better. We get better creativity. Um, we have better relationships, we get better productivity, we have better energy levels, our body starts to restore balance and optimize itself. And that's what meditation can do very, very quickly. So one of the challenges, I think, with, um, you know, I hate to say it, but uh, a solution that's not pharmacy-based <laughs> is that there aren't any great trials and studies and, you know, science um, and money put behind some of those. But 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 at what point will the science be there to where traditional Western medicine will start prescribing? I think what we should do at, this, at that point of that level of conversation is we should look at look at the science of the current research that's done on the pharmaceuticals. And what we find is that generally most pharmaceuticals run on a success rate around 8 to 12%, which is fairly successful for a pharmaceutical. And it gives it the green light to say, yes, this will work. Let's put it into the system. And it doesn't really have a lot of deep science into what are the long-term ramifications of that because it, the people that are doing the science experiments are the people that are funding the development of the drugs. So it's not in their interest to spend a lot of money doing research on what are the long-term ramifications, negative ramifications of using those drugs. Now, if we look at placebo effect, placebo effects generally works on a level of 60 to 70% consistently. Um, that is where you take a pharmaceutical drug that has a proactive, act, an active ingredient in it, and you take a sugar pill that has no active ingredient in it, and you tell the person that they're taking something that's going to make them feel better. 60 to 70% generally across the board of all placebo studies has been proven that that's worked effectively, which is far superior to any pharmaceutical studies done. Um, so, you know, this is the other areas that we have to start exploring. Now, it's not to dismiss anyone that's using pharmaceuticals. It's not what we're here to do is suddenly say, just stop taking them. That's not the way at all. There's a definitely role and relevance for these in, in life itself. But what we want to do is do our own individual personal research. That's what I always say to people is that if you do your own personal research, there's no harm in trying. Um, there's a reason why it's been around for five to 10,000 years and stood the test of time. There must be something in it and in the tens of thousands of books that have been talked about it. And, you know, in the film, what we didn't do was give you a lot of information about why you should do it. What we did was we showcased six personal stories that validated for them their personal experience of why it was effective. And that's what I usually use in my own um, sort of, uh, I guess, not promotion of meditation, but, the, you know, wanting to inspire people to meditate, just simply use my own personal story because it was just, it was, you know, clear as day that that was effective way of um, me changing the way I was living my life. And so we use personal stories a lot because it's something you can't invalidate. It's true for that person and therefore it's true black and white. And it doesn't mean it's going to be true for everyone, but it's definitely true for them. 
If you've got a website, if you're selling products online today, you know that the images are crucial to how people make opinions about your products and services. Pixels.com, that's pixel with a Z, .com is an image retouching service that can take all of your images, they can retouch them, add shape and symmetry, smooth out bumps, align shoulders, things like that. They can reduce wrinkles, they can reduce and remove lint tags, everything that just doesn't really seem to fit. Get somebody to do it for you, accelerate your time to market because they'll give you your images retouched the next morning. Go to pixels.com, that's P-I-X-E-L-Z.com, and find out about their retouching image services. So talk a little bit about the making of the movie. I, I'm, I'm assuming you uh, don't have a Hollywood background and had to figure this out. Uh, <laughs> is, is that an accurate assumption? Yeah, you know, I'd never been involved in film at all. So it was just an, uh, an idea that we had that would use film as a device to showcase the power of meditation. But, you know, I, it, it, for anyone, you know, in business listening and the entrepreneurs listening that, um, you know, you, a lot of time you're reaching new ground and you, you're having to go into areas that you may not be familiar with. And, you know, what we did with, with film and what I still do to this day is just draw on people that have walked that path before me, you know, I have consultants and advisors and people that come on the project that can, you know, not just hold your hand, but really be part of the, the vision and the project and, and the, the uh, I guess, the the facilitation of you getting to your end goal. And, you know, it's not like you need to know everything, but there are people out there that can support you with that. So uh, you want to share a couple of the stories about who we'll meet in uh, the portal? Yeah, we've got some amazing stories. We've got six individual stories, uh, very diverse backgrounds. And, um, you know, Buddha is a, 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 a veteran who was uh, in the army in Afghanistan and Iraq and he had some challenging experiences in his childhood and uh, also some very extreme PTSD symptoms after um, going through some challenging times serving for the US. Um, we have Amandine who was um, from France and she was a United Nations human rights lawyer and you know she as well also had some extreme PTSD after serving in some extreme situations around the world and um, Heather who um, she was a U.S. track athlete and she just uh, won the U.S. Nationals in the 800 metres and not long after that had broken her back uh, on a training sort of run where they were jumping off uh, some cliffs into water. Um, so, and Zwei, who's a Vietnamese refugee who had a very challenging um, upbringing in um, Philadelphia in a very poor circumstance and then got to Harvard and she faced some challenges, you know, getting to Harvard thinking that was the ticket to freedom, but it just faced new confronting challenges of being in a very um, challenging environment that was not something she was familiar with. So they're just some of the glimpses into the stories that are all quite moving and intimately filmed and, and made. Jackie, yeah, director, is just a phenomenal director that really, um, who co-created the project with me, just really brought this intimate experiential process for them. Um, which is really profound um, way of making the film. is very different and a unique way of making the film. As someone said last night when we were at one of the screenings in Santa Fe, wow, that was just not a linear film. I was used to linear films and that kind of wasn't linear at all, but it just kind of all fell into place and worked. And I think that's the power of what this is. So um, you, before we started recording, said you were going from Santa Fe to Taos, I think right now, and you are kind of on the road uh, screening the film. So um, tell me a little bit about that 
adventure and and maybe how somebody if somebody's listening and they want to bring the film to their town is there is there a process for that yeah absolutely so we're filming in quite a few cities around the u.s we're in santa fe last night taos tonight then we go to new york which starts on the 15th through for a week i think but we'll be in new york from the 15th through to the 17th doing q and a's and that's it um village east or east village i think it's called and then um if they if they can't so all the cities that are screening it are on the website, but if people can't see it in their city, we've got this wonderful facility where people can actually host their own screening, and uh, they can just apply for that through our website. It costs them nothing, and um, we provide the cinema, the film, marketing materials, uh, Facebook event, ticketing, all that sort of stuff, and just make it a really simple process for them to be able to actually yeah experience the film in the cinema and that's kind of where we want to keep it for a while you know the option is obviously go straight to digital after our theatrical run but we're really interested in trying to keep it in that communal experience as long as possible to go into the universities the high schools prisons um until eventually you know it might even be 12 months who knows we're just going to keep playing it by ear and keep having that experience for the community in that shared space so i'm sure that you in your travels and your Q&As, I'm sure this question has come up. Either somebody has said, um, you know, I tried meditation and it just didn't work for me or I couldn't stick with it. Um, or I'm sure you also have people that just say, how do I start? So if if somebody was either tried it, couldn't make it work, is thinking about it, you know, what's your best advice for how do I start? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great question. And uh, I think it's time for a lot of people to start exploring that because, you know, the world seems to be getting more and more stressed. I think um, they can go into their local area and just Google meditation centre in their local city and find a community where there's a teacher that's going to be able to teach them. And, and you know, there are, I've put meditation into four categories. Uh, there's the concentration meditations, which are more like sort of Buddha-style focusing on the breath or the third eye where you've got to really focus on one thing um we've got the uh contemplation meditations which are kind of like guided meditations where you might listen to that in a nap or on youtube or something like that and that's where you're using the mind to sort of proactively create a scenario in your mind to to facilitate an outcome of calmness or an intention you want to manifest you've got chanting meditations where you might do it in groups in your local community it's called kirtan at the end of yoga and then you've got these transcending style meditations which is where you have vedic meditation or transcendental meditation and they can look up some of those centers primordial sound technique is another one of those techniques where they have a sound that you repeat inside your head so the first step would be trying to find somewhere in your local community the second step would be you can go to my website tomcronin.com it's got some um some meditation programs they can learn we we disrupted that uh transcendental meditation sort of not disrupted it, but I guess offered a, an alternative for people that couldn't access it, where they can learn to use those deeper style meditations through a 21-day meditation program. And they can get that at Tom Cronin or Stillness Project. It'll be on the portal website soon as well. Um, so that's another option where they can learn it with me, but in a digital sense where I've got a nice video I send to them every day and they can um, listen and share that meditation journey with me. Um, and then otherwise, just go to YouTube. They can. Other, the next option will be go to YouTube and where they can learn it. Um, you know, there's a lot of free meditations on YouTube. So, so we'll have TomCronin.com, um, the portal. Um, enter, what, enter the portal. Enter the portal.com. We'll have all those in the show notes as well. So. 
Tom, thanks for uh, dropping by. Safe travels, and <laughs> uh, look forward to. Uh, um, I think right now you're, you've been on the coast, but uh, may, maybe you'll have to bring this to the Midwest uh, before too long. We'd love to. I'd love to make it across that way. So thanks for having me on. It's been great to be here. 